Happy Hanukkah, good out of Shabbos. We continue, we left off. Tainus, the third chapter, page 21 on the top. Right. On the first, uh, top line. Talk to Heilige Gemara, Ilpa, Rabbi Yechon, Amagazi, but I said they were learning. They were in financial straits, they couldn't afford to live. Amri, they said, let's do some business so we should be able to, uh, to support ourselves. Says, we should fulfill now with ourselves the Pasuk that there should not be there won't be Hashem promises there won't be any poor people amongst the Jewish people in other words you have to so he, he interpreted that you have to make sure it's an obligation you have to make sure that you shouldn't be poor Oslo, they went, Aisve, they sat, Tusei, Gudriya, they sat under a wall, a rickety wall. And they wrapped, they took out their wrap, their bread to eat. Also, today, Malachi Ashadris, two angels came. Shamir, heard one angel saying to the other, one said to the other, one angel said to the other, let's throw down the wall on these two, on Ilfan Rabbiachna, and let's kill them. Why? Why did they deserve to die? They abandoned the life, eternal life, and they're engaged in, in temporary life. And the other angel responded, leave them alone. Because there's one, leave them alone because there's one. Because there's one who, whose hour is at hand. He's about to attain greatness. Rabbi Yechonon heard this conversation between the angels. Ilfa did not hear it. Rabbi Yechonon, Ilfa, Shammah, Mamidi, did you hear anything? I'm a little Amidi said in the Shammah, since I heard it, Ilfa didn't hear it. It means when they said one of them is referring to me. Rabbi Yechon says, <laughs> you know, so he says, let's, let's, he took it back, he regretted it, he take it, let's take it back, and let's fulfill the other Pasuk, where the Pasuk says, they will never cease to be poor people in your hands, they will never cease, so we're going to do business, how are we going to fulfill this Pasuk, so we have, so let's continue to learn, even though we'll be poor. Rabbi Yechon and Hader, Rabbi Yechon, yeah, the already asked it, Rabbi Yechon and Hader, Rabbi Yechonon went back. Ilfele Hadar, Ilfe continued doing business. Adas Ilfe Malach Rabbi Yechonon. So until, until Ilfe came back to the yeshiva, when he, he successfully finished his business venture, he finally came back. Malach Rabbi Yechonon. Rabbi Yechonon already became the head. He was appointed the head, the dean, yeah? Uh, well, collapses. They're both going to die again. Amalei, Osef Mar, Vagadis Lavamal Amalei, they said to him, they said to Ilfa, if you had sat and studied Taylor, Lavamalach Mar, the Abiyachna would not have been crowned, he would have crowned you, because maybe he had a sharper mind. But because Abiyachna went back and learned Taylor, he was the one who was appointed. Also, Tolnafshe, Baskari, the Swint. So he went, he balanced himself 
on the mast of a ship. Yeah, he tied himself to the. Yeah, no, he, ba- he balanced himself. Tell that. He went suspended himself. Amari yeah. said, "Ike the shalom masis the rabchi of Rabbi If anyone has any questions about a brayse from Rabbi and Rabbi Yeshi, I will pashtin lemasnisin, and am not able to show to answer from based on the Mishnah and the filnim askari the spinter with the vana. I will lamas up the fall from the mast, and I will drown." He was so confident that he had the skills, he had the knowledge. Yeah. So an elderly, elderly one came to him. He said, we learned someone said to the trustee, someone who was, who was about to die, said before he died, said to the trustee of his state, give a shekel every Shabbos to my son. Each week, every Shabbos, every week, give him a shekel. It would be better if he gave him a sella. Because one shekel is not enough. You need a sella. So what do you do? He says, nice lim sella. If, if he just wanted it to limit it to a shekel, he would have said so. So why did he say a shekel? Because he wants them to be productive. He wants them to work. They shouldn't uh, be dependent. Maybe, maybe it's just a so, so the father, no. You have many parents who have, leave over young children. They don't want the children to spend all their money. So they have a right to limit. That yeah. you, can, you give it to them in, 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 in slow bites as they need right. it. So Otherwise, they're, they're going to squander the whole everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're going right. to give over a million of dollars to a kid. Forget before it, you know it, it's, before you know it, it's over. Become, huh? <laughs> exactly. He's controlling them from his grave. He's still, uh, yeah. he's still controlling his children. So, halachically, the children inherit the property. It belongs yeah. to them now. Every, it's their money. So, how could the father limit the children from his grave? So some say it's because it's a mitzvah, an obligation to fulfill the words of the, of the dying, of the deceased. So, so even though he said a shekel, which is like a half a sella, two shekels are a sella, but nevertheless, if they're worthy, if it's, a, if it's appropriate to give him a sella, nice little sella. You give him a sell of him, I'll tell him a shackle. But if he said, don't give them only a shackle, it's very clear, he doesn't want them to get more than a shackle. No matter what their needs are, it's all you can give them is a shackle. If he said, if he said, should they die, others will inherit what's left over in their stead. In that case, whether he said, don't give them only a shekel, or he said in the positive, give them a shekel, he didn't restrict it, not more. Nevertheless, he only gave them a shekel, because he clearly wants this to be left over for someone else. After they die, someone else should, should, should get the remainder. Amalei, so he asked Ilfus, where is this in the Mishnah? Ilfus, he challenged Ilfus. Hilfus answer to that elder Rabbi Amalei, Hamani Rameri. This is follows the opinion of Rameir. States in the Mishnah, Mitzvah Lakayim Divri Ameis. It's a mitzvah to fulfill the wish of the deceased.
In other words, really, the children, it's their money. They can do whatever they want with their money. Children automatically inherit all their father's money. Even a baby, a day old, inherits his father's billions because you are the father. The child becomes the father, is the father. He inherits it. So how can you restrict his money? It's my money. I do what I want with my money. How dare you tell me I can only spend the shekel or whatever. But since it's a mitzvah to fulfill the words of the mace, so therefore you have an obligation that they have to listen and therefore you have to follow these restrictions. Well, maybe one, the one of them was the before. Lower portion, but he's giving them in drips. He's telling them how to, how to dispense, how to disperse it to them. Don't give it all at one shot. And not only that, he's telling that after they die, you're going to give it to someone else. What do you mean? You're giving away my money? <laughs> I got it. It's mine now. But since it's a mitzvah to listen to the words of the maze. Okay. Okay, <laughs> So that um, the ant shouldn't crawl up in the legs of his bed, not him, so he wouldn't be able to defend himself. Horrible. Yeah, horrible. Once his bed was in a dilapidated house. They wanted to remove his bed from his house, he was in danger. And then remove the furniture. First, no, first remove all the furniture and then remove the bed. Why? Because you're guaranteed. As long as I'm in the house, the house will not collapse. He knew his marriage. He knew what a tzaddik he was. So first they remove the furniture and then they remove this bed. And as soon as they remove the bed, the house collapsed. Since you're such a complete tzaddik, and you know that you're such a complete tzaddik, he told them, remove the furniture first. How is it that you're such, such a horrible situation? No hands, no legs, full of boils, blind, both eyes. So he said, It's my fault. I caused this. I am the cause of this. Once I was on the road, I was traveling to visit the house of my father-in-law. And I had with me three donkey loads full of, full of food. One of food, one of drinks, and one of various delicacies, desserts. A poor person stop, stop me in the road. Please sustain me, give me something to eat. Wait until I unload some food from the donkey. He was so starving, so famished, that by the time he unloaded his donkey, he expired, he died. That's why I, I fell on my face. My mother said, The eyes that didn't have Rachmanus in you, took no pity in you, should be blinded. My hands, which took no pity in your hands, be cut off. My legs have no pity in your legs, be cut off. My mind did not rest. My entire body should be covered with boils. Woe to us that we see you in this state. Woe to me if you didn't see me in this state. This is my atonement. 
That's one of the reasons it says, why don't you make a bracha before you give tzedakah? Because imagine making a bracha, first you have to go to the mikveh, then you have to put on your gartel, and then you put on your hat, and you're going to say kavana, we sang Hashem's name. It was such kavana, by the time you finish the bracha, the poor, the poor, poor person will expire. So you have to immediately give, give him the money. You have to give the tzedakah before Borchul. Why do they call him Nachem Mishgamzu? Anything that would happen to him, you say, this is for the best. And he tells the story, the famous story. Zimnachad, one time, they wanted to send the gift. What do you do wrong? He wanted to give it in the most beautiful way possible. So let me give you the best food. But if you would have paid attention, would have paid attention. The guy is about to die. If you would have looked, take one look at him, look closely, take whatever you have. Here, eat this first, and then I'll give you more. But I want to, It's about me. I want to do the mitzvah in the most beautiful way possible. So let me find the best foods. You know, it's not about you. Tzedakah is about the other person. Take, one, take a close look at him. Where is he at? What does he need? He's about to collapse, about to die. Give him whatever you have, the, the leftover bread that you have. Give him right away. Let him eat right away. And then you'll... They wanted to send the gift to the Caesar. I'm a, I'm a man in Rome. I'm a man in Who's going to deliver the gift for us? Take the gift. He's accustomed to miracles. You need miracles. To encounter the Caesar and the king and to walk away alive and to achieve his, uh, his goodwill for the Jewish people, you need someone who knows, who's accustomed to miracles. They send with him, they send with him a chest full of precious stones and pearls. Basba, who did Ozali went, Basba did it, he went, he slept over in an inn or whatever, a residence. Belayla come one of the middle of the night. The residents arose like and they took the chest and emptied the gems. after they filled up with dirt because he was very innocent. They probably asked him, "What are you doing?" And he told them the whole story. So while he was asleep, he emptied the chest and filled it with dirt. They robbed him blind. Filled it with the clean it out. <laughs> but maybe it was in Chicago. The next day, <laughs> it could be right today. It could be in New York City also. Well, the smash and grab now. They're stealing, emptying out everything. Yeah, they fund the police. Yeah, the next day, the next day, when he realized what happened, Gamzu didn't get flustered. He said, this is all for the good. Whatever Hashem does is for the best. He still went. He arrived to the palace. Shadino received that they opened up the chest. Chazanu, they saw the malafas filled with earth by Malgamiklinalikule. The emperor was so angry, <coughs> he wanted to kill all of them, the whole delegation. Oh no, Likule, the entire Jewish people. The, the Jewish people, this is what they're sending me? The chutzpah, they're, they're insulting me? Omer, doi. Saying, the Jewish people are laughing at me, they're mocking me. So Nochem's response was, I'm going to the it's all for the best. You don't get flustered. Whatever Hashem does is for the best. He appeared to be one of them as a Roman official. Elijah said, Yo, Navi said to the Caesar, Maybe this sand is a very magical sand. It's a magical sand that Avram Avinu had. When Avram went to war, he battled against, against the four kings. So he threw dirt at the enemy. Have a cipher turned into swords. Mm-hmm. 
the dome, the iron dome. Gilei, and then he threw straw. Have a guy he turned it to arrows. The chesim said, "Yitin kafir chad, break a kash, need a kash day." As it's written in Isaiah, that Hashem will give that the earth will be, will turn into. He made sword like his dirt, his bow like wind-blown straw. So the straw turned into arrows, and the dirt turned into straws. There was one city which the Roman couldn't conquer. But they tested out this dirt. And they conquered it. It was magical, exactly as Elio said. I love it. God says, after the victory, he went to the emperor's treasure vault to Melul, the Sifte, Avonim, Tevis, Magals. He filled Nachum's chest with precious stones. He was so, so grateful for the Jewish people. They helped him win a war which he couldn't win. This was a better gift than gold. What's he going to do with gold? He has plenty of gold in them. But what they gave him was invaluable, it was precious, priceless. And he sent them away with great honor. He also <laughs> when he came home again he went back to the same inn. <laughs> they say it was surprised he was still alive. What did you bring with you to the Caesar? They send you so much honor. They gave court you so much honor. He said the shakling mahochi amtulas. He said my the shakling mahochi amtulas. I I gave to Caesar exactly what 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 I brought from here. I didn't. Take the box out, change the box out, and fill it up with whatever I could. Gold I can find. No, I brought earth. I gave the Caesar earth. So I saw, so they died immediately. The Malos residents, Vamtino, Le Malkan. They brought all the ruble to the royal palace. <laughs> they didn't realize that their dirt is so precious, so invaluable. They said to the Caesar, This dirt, this magical dirt, what do you think? It's our dirt. We own it. But so they tested it and, and didn't have any miraculous <laughs> properties. It was dirt. And they, and they killed the king, had them all beheaded, and they got their just desserts. That's why he was called because everything he said, he wasn't flustered. He didn't say, not only everything Hashem does is a means to a good end, but the means is tragic, but the means will lead to something better. No, whatever Hashem does is good. Hashem gave me sand. He didn't, he didn't uh, empty the box, empty the chest and try to f- buy some gold and some silver in Rome before he presented to the king. No. Whatever Hashem does is good. He's completely unflustered. He saw right away, so clearly. And when you have such faith in everything, and you realize everything Hashem does is good, this is greater than Rabbi Kiva. Rabbi Kiva says whatever Hashem does is for the good that we learn. But they went to the temple. Remember Rabbi Means he had, he had no. He had a hard, he had a horrible experience, but he had faith that whatever Hashem does is for his good, and it turned out it was for his good. But the experience itself was a very negative experience and a very trying experience. Here, Nakamish Kamzu, who was older than Rabbi Kiva, a generation earlier, holier than Rabbi Kiva, and he, and he said in the Hebrew language, Rabbi Kiva says in the Aramaic, because Aramaic is just a, like a mirror. It mirrors the Hebrew language. It's not as clear. Versus in Hebrew, everything is clear. Everything Hashem does is good. Not only the means to an end that's good. The means itself is also good. Everything is good. The sand itself turned out to be the biggest blessing. What's considered a plague if you have three deaths out of a 500? Pestilence. 
Right, the five, a city of 500 people, some say that the 500 is an argument, some say the 500 is only those who work, workers, not men, women, and children. Some say no, uh, men, women, and children. It's an argument among Sirishen. But if there are three people who die, one each day, and out of 500, then it's a, it's a plague and you have to fat. And the COVID does not meet this criteria, not by far. And the rabbi said... A city that has 1,500 people, going Aku, then you need three. Three for each 500, so you need nine altogether. Right? Right? Three consecutive days, that is a devil. That's considered the plague. If the nine die in one day, or the nine die over four days, in the death it's not a play. In a city that can muster 500 men, for example, for example, that's considered a plague. So you follow... You follow 500. Every 500 is three in three consecutive days. We continue on side B21. We may mechal or die in three and one day. Or barbe yomim with three and four days. Over four day period, it's not three consecutive days. Ends of It's not considered the play. The Rekart, Ir, Hamitzia, Hamishamiz, Ragav. The name of the city. The name, the Rekart. So it had 500. Men on foot. The ultimate three people died in one day. Command, according to who you're following, we just learned that it has to be three in three consecutive days, not in one day. Yeah. So he said, he I following opinion of Meir. And he says, that when you space, when you space the goring, an owner, if, the, if your animal yeah. gores three times, he's a muad. So he says, if, if, if in three days he gores three people, he's considered a muad. And then you have to pay the full, the full, the full damage. If the first three times you only pay half a damage, but after three times he's considered he's used to this already. And then the owner is responsible for the full damage. If he gores three people in one day, surely. So according to that logic, if the plague is spread out in three days, it's still considered the plague. Three people die over a three-day period. How much more so? Three people drop dead in the same day. How much more so? It's logical. It's a minority opinion. Why don't you come and live, live amongst us? Such a such a such a distinguished town. Amalei Tanina. But Nachman Yitzchak said, "I learn." It's not a person's place that gives him honor. A person gives honor to his place. When you live in this place, that becomes an honorable place because you are honorable. Not that if you're not honorable, I'm living in the place, and the place makes me gives me honor. So just coming to live among special people, that won't make me special. A person has to be a one that gives the honor to this place. Adds that you're living there now. It makes it a special place. 
Payments in the bad scene, we find the Mount Sinai calls Mount Shinnah real. As long as the Shinnah was a Mount Sinai, I'm the Taylor The mountain was holy. Hashem gave the title, the mountain was holy, and no one could graze, even the animals couldn't graze on the mountain. Everyone had to stay away from the mountain. As soon as the Shinnah left, Hashem says in the title, as soon as the Yevil, as soon as you blow the horn, it's over, then everyone can go up the mountain. It's no longer holy. The holiness is gone. So what makes the place holy? It's not the ma- the place that's holy. It's when the Shekhinah is there, it's holy. Chaim Matzin, we also know, we find Baal Mechim in Midbar, in the tent, in the tabernacle, in the desert. It's called Rachel Not, as long as the tent was pitched. The Tavis said that you have to send out of the camp anyone who's afflicted with Sadas has to be sent out of the camp. Or anyone's contaminated with the dead. But once the curtain surrounded, the oil was rolled up when they, uh, they got ready to move. Anyone could enter it. Suddenly there's no longer any holiness. Okay, so I'm So that's the case. Maybe I should move to you. It's better that a mana, a hundred dinner, the son of a fifty dinner, should come to a mana, the son of a mana. It's a mana ben pras. So what he was saying is, Reb Nachman by Yitzhak was saying about himself that he is a mana, the son of a pras. Because his father was not great, as great. Rab Nachman Bachizde, Rab was a very special, was a great rabbi. He's saying, you're a hundred manna, and your father was a hundred manna. Versus himself, Rab Nachman Bachizde, Rab Yitzchak wasn't one of the Amaroyim. So he wasn't as great as Rab Chizde was. So he says, so therefore it doesn't make sense, so you should come to me. You know, it says here, once they took down the Mishnah. And that he says, it wasn't, it said, Rav Nachum Rav Chizde. Rav was known as Rav Chizde. He was Rav Nachum Bar Yitzchak. His name was just Yitzchak. The Gemara says, with Surah, there was a plague in Surah. But in the neighborhood of Rav, there was no plague. They thought that the, what's protecting them, the neighborhood of Rav, because Rav, Chazalei b'chalma, they were shown a dream. Rav, in the fishes chuset to be milses dutel Rav. Yeah, for Rav, who has some such great merit, this is a minor matter for Rav. That's not the reason. You don't have to use Rav's chusim to protect the neighborhood from from this plague. Elm shema hu gavra. It was in the merit of a certain person. The shayel mother was vila likvudra, who would regularly lend out his shovel. His hoe and his shovel for burials. And his merit. So measure for measure. Just like the person helped people. In the midst of burying the dead. So therefore his neighborhood was spared. From having to bury anyone. He didn't need the big schus of Rav to protect them. Your mother says. The city of Dreykas. The city of Dreykas. There was a fire broke out. 
Shrivus said Rav Hunda have the lake that the fires were breaking out, but in the neighborhood of Rav Hunda there was no fire. Somebody thought my name is Chus. Rav Hunda offers because Rav Hunda's merit is so great. That's why they were speared. It's Chazal Luvachal when they were shown in a dream. This is a small matter for Rav Hunda, and the reason why they were speared was from who? It's because of that woman, the merit of a certain woman, the Mechamta Tanura Meshailah Shrivusa. She would heat up her oven to make it available to her neighbors. So in her merit. So he would, she would heat up her oven on Friday so her neighbors could bake for Shabbos. So it was also measure for measure. Since she used a fire for a mitzvah, Hashem protected that neighborhood from a fire. They once said that with us who come say the locusts have come. They decreed a fast. But the locusts are not destroying anything. Why are you fasting? Did they bring any provisions to them? Locusts have to eat. What do you think they're going to eat? <laughs> they're going to eat our crop. So we have to daven to Hashem that they shouldn't start eating, devouring the crop. There's a plague amongst the pigs. Let's say, why are you worried that the pigs are dying? Let them die. It's not kosher. You don't do business with pigs. What do you care if the pigs are dying? You know, if the mice start dying, we're going to start fasting. I mean, <laughs> all the rats. So he says, so he holds, so let us say, Rabbi Huda holds a Once you start a plague. Amongst one species, it starts spreading. You can't contain it to the pigs. Next thing you know, the cows and the, and the, and the, and the livestock, all the livestock will die. Uh, starts with the bats, right? No, that's not the reasoning. Shiny chazedi, pigs are different. The damian may ayu inchi. Unbelievable. The digestive system resembles those of humans. So therefore, if pigs are, are, are collapsing, if pigs are dying... Next thing you know, people are going to die. And by the way, when they do a heart transplant, what do you think the first heart transplant is? The heart of a pig. The heart of a pig is the closest, closest, closest to a human. It's in the Gemara already. See? Almost 2,000 years ago already, the Gemara already knew that. That the heart of a pig, the, the inside of a pig, the digestive system of a pig is close to, closest to a human. They do the pig valve. I think the actual heart are like human. They... they, 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 they People are dying of a plague in Bechazoi, a town in Babylonia. It's far away from where we live. We're not in danger. Why are we fasting? There's no river crossing here to stop its spread. So it's going to spread. It's in danger. There's nothing separating us from Bechazoi. If the mistress of the land of Israel is stricken, surely the maidservant, Babylonia, will surely be stricken. So we're in danger. So we have to fast and daven to Hashem to avert the decree. Hashem created Israel first. And that's his holy land, his chosen land. Yeah. So if a plague affects Israel, which is under the divine providence, Hashem's special, special providence, how much more so the plague will... We're in danger in Babylonia. 
Gemara says, time the Gevira Veshivcha. The reason of Nachman said, because Israel is the mistress and Babylonia is the maidservant. Hashivcha Veshivcha Leib. But what about if I'm one maidservant and another maidservant? No. We just learned that he told Shmuel that there's a death, there's a plague in Bechazor, which is another city in Babylonia, and Shmuel decreed a fast in his city, one city to the next. So it's not only if the mistress is being, is being, is, has a plague, then surely the maidservant. Even if one maidservant, also the next maidservant. But it says, no, shiny, awesome, there is different. Even the Kishayis, the love of Isaac, really only only worry if it happens in Israel. Then you have to worry anywhere outside of Israel. If it happens in one place, you don't have to worry in a different place. Outside of Israel, you don't have to have everyone fasting. Bechazoi was different. Why? Because there are the caravans between Bechazoi and Narda, where Shmuel live. So therefore, it can pass along through the caravan, through the traveling. They have to close the airport. They have to close the airport. Yeah. And that's what they said. That's what, yeah, they amazing. It's amazing. Point. It's amazing how current this is. Yeah, exactly. That's how we got it. Mother says, Abumna, the surgeon would receive greetings from the heavenly court academy each day. He was a blood letter. Abumna. That, that's how they, that was a big medical procedure by letting blood. And the truth is, they said those who give blood actually are uh, 85% less likely to get strokes, heart attacks. Letting blood causes your body to replenish it with fresh blood. The blood becomes very heavy and sluggish. So giving blood, not only doing a mitzvah, you're saving someone's life and giving them blood, you're actually doing yourself the biggest favor because your body replenishes with fresh blood. Your stem cells produce uh, fresh blood. So it keeps you healthy. And practically, they, it's studied, 85% or even higher, maybe 90 less reduction in the chances of ever getting a stroke and a heart attack. So bloodletting, you know, we laugh at the olden days, bloodletting. It's not, uh, they knew, maybe they knew something, they were onto something. You know also, it wasn't doctors heard a heavenly voice. Shalom Aleichem, how are you today? Good morning. <laughs> okay, can you imagine? Abum, they got a special greeting every day from the academy above. But Abaya would receive a greeting every Friday. Every Friday we'd hear a heavenly voice. Shalom Aleichem. He felt terrible. Here, he's getting a greeting once a week out of Shabbos. No, I'm sorry, once a, once a, no, Abaya once a week. Lerava once a year out of Yom Kippur. So Abaya felt bad because of Abu Umna. Abu Umna is getting a greeting every day and, and I'm only getting a greeting once a week. You're not able to perform the good deeds that he does. What's so special about Abu Umna? He have of when you perform the procedure of bloodletting, have a machis gavri lechut and nashal lechut. You place the men separately and the women separately. They shouldn't mingle. Islay levush, it was a modesty. Islay levush, it is vekarne. He had a garment which had a, a horn attached to it, a suction tube, which he with which he drew the blood. Davis bezei kikos lisa, and the garment was slit. Enough. It was cut, it was slit, just to be able to accommodate kikuslisa, the, 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 the lancet, the, uh, the needle, to make, to make the incision in the vein, to draw the blood. When a woman would come to him, he would put her, put her 
Have her put it on. You shouldn't have to look at her exposed body. This And he also had a private place outside his operating room, the Shadu Bebshita, the Shak, which the patients would put their coins, they paid, they paid their doctor's fee. The Islay Shadibe, whoever had paid, the Leslie Mikhsab, he didn't embarrass anyone who couldn't pay. He says, You pay, yeah, pay. If he can pay, and if he didn't even look, who paid? He didn't pay. If he, if he can, he could. If he can, it's okay. Whenever he saw a patient who was a young Taylor scholar, he, didn't, he insisted on not getting paid. Didn't take any penny from them. When the patient would get up to leave, Abu would give him some coins. Go, restore your health. When you let blood, you become weak. So he gave him money. Not only didn't he take any money from, from, from the young Torah scholars or from the Torah scholars, he would give him money. Go, regain your strength after losing blood. So having done so many good deeds, that's why every day they greeted him from heaven. One day, one day, Abai sent a peer of rabbis to test Abu When they came, Abu sat them down. Abu and he gave, fed them, he gave them to drink. And folded up woolen rugs for them to sleep in at night. He gave them. We continue in 22a. Let's just finish the story. In the morning, they rolled them up and took them. And went to the marketplace. And they found that they said to him, Evaluate, Master, how much are these rugs worth? And buy them from us. They were selling him back his own rugs. This is how much it cost me. This is what it's worth. Maybe they're worth more. This is what I, this is what I paid for them. These are really yours. We took them from your house. And they, they basically tell him, we just did this to test you. Of course, we're not, we're not going to take a penny of it's yours. They said to him, tell us the truth. When we took the rugs in the morning, what, what, what did you think? You gave us rugs to sleep in your house. You didn't give it to us to take home. And you wake up in the morning and you found we took the rugs. What were you thinking? I mean, I thought, there was a case of, you had to ransom some captives. He needed money. And you were embarrassed to tell me. And ask for money, so you decided to take the rugs. So you went through this whole thing that you're coming to, get the, the, to let your blood, in order that I should give you the rugs, you should be able to take them. Amalei, they said, Now, you know, take them back. Amalei, no. From that moment that I thought and I justified and I rationalized your behavior, I decided already I'm giving these rugs for tzedakah. One last piece. Abaye, Erova, Rava felt bad. Abaya gets a greeting once a week out of Shabbos, every Friday. He only gets once a year of Yom Kippur. It will be enough for you. You protect the entire city with your merit. Different explanations, but one, one explanation is that the fact that Yom Kippur, when everyone is being judged and sealed, yeah. and the whole city was a city of wicked people, 
they're not worthy of, 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 of getting a good year, but only in the merit of Rava. So by giving him every, if he would get a greeting every Friday, he would never know this, but the Erevim Kippur, when the whole world, the whole city is being judged, and single-handedly in your merit, they're all going to be blessed. Quality so, over quantity, is that it? 